0: Hi, I'm Stacy Jagger. Welcome to the Inspiring Families podcast. Our goal is to help families heal, grow, and thrive by offering encouragement and empowering family members to connect with one another. All right. Well, we are here with Quentin Hafner. I'm super excited to have a conversation with this dear man that I had the privilege of meeting. So Quentin, this is what I would love to talk to you about today. I would love to hear your story of the challenges that you have overcome in order to now be a coach, Where you're really um, providing amazing value to high-performing professionals. And and I want to know your story of having gone through great challenge to knowing what it means to be a Black Belt husband.
1: Mm. Can we start there? Well, that's a, yeah. Yeah, we can start there. Yeah. Perfect. So, okay. So just to give you like a little bit of background, uh, for your listeners, um, my personal development journey came, uh, via my own divorce. So when I was about 29, I went through a divorce, um, and it really, it really shattered my world and, mm. um, yeah. I didn't have any, uh, ways to kind of understand what was happening to me emotionally. I didn't have any great, uh, I didn't have, not great. I didn't have any coping skills. And so, um, just in a really bad place, someone recommended, they said, oh, you should go to therapy. And at that time I didn't even know what therapy was. <laughs> and
0: <laughs> You weren't signing so, up for that. Yeah, yeah. Naturally. That wasn't your thing.
1: Got it. It wasn't my thing. So, um, I ended up with a really great therapist who, I mean, truly just changed my life. And so, for that, I'm I'm forever indebted and grateful for the therapy experience. Um, mm-hmm. In therapy, I got to learn, you know, all about myself, all about, uh, you know, why my marriage failed, and and it was just this incredible experience of insight and change and healing and understanding. And in the process of being in my own therapy, I had this brilliant idea that maybe I would like to become a therapist myself. And okay. so just like many, many of us therapists, we, we become therapists because of our own experiences. So I went on this, I went back to graduate school, uh, even against the advice of my therapist who said, you don't need to become a therapist. Don't do that. And I just <laughs> did it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, I went to graduate school, uh, long story short, became a therapist and, yeah. um, and that was about two, uh, almost two decades ago. So, you know, my kind of place in life right now is really just wanting to really just wanting to give back to people, um, mm-hmm. you know, for the things that I've been so blessed to experience Mm-hmm. the the healing that i've received the the knowledge that i've gained over the years um i just know that there's there's a there's literally millions of men out there in the world right now that were just like me when i was 30
0: mm-hmm. and so
1: i have a heart for those guys and mm-hmm. um and the best way for me to really connect with those guys uh is probably through their marriage, because most of those guys are really struggling relationally. So, mm-hmm. so that's where the black belt husband thing comes in, um, and that's kind of my uh, my tool to try to reach as many guys as I can.
0: Yeah. Can you talk about the role of shame for a young man who feels like I should already know all of this, except I don't know any of it?
1: Hmm. <laughs> yeah. You know. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Shame.
0: I should know. I I ought to know, except I don't know.
1: Yeah. And and this is something I'm really passionate about too. I love talking about shame, especially shame for guys. Um, like there's so much to say about this because our culture gets involved. There's family of origin issues, there's cultural issues, there's societal issues. And, um, you know, for the most part, most guys are operating under an old paradigm of relationships that simply just doesn't work anymore they are doing the same kind of thing that maybe their fathers did and their grandfathers did and they they watched they watched older generations do something that was successful in prior generations but it's not successful today and it won't be successful going forward And that's kind of this idea that men, that the primary role for men in relationships is to be a great father and a a great financial provider. Mm -hmm. And the truth is, although those things are incredibly noble, they're very important, and we should strive to be those things, they're not enough. And this is where kind of shame kicks in for a lot of guys, because guys have worked so hard to be those two things and they feel very proud of themselves for being those two things but they're in relationships that aren't working and because they don't know what else to do shame sets in and shame the way i like to describe it is that you know shame is just that sense of like you feel like a failure you feel like nothing you ever do is right. Nothing you ever do is good enough. And, and so when we feel that way, we typically aren't motivated to perform better. Like, you know, you, you, people, I think intuitively think that if we shame somebody that maybe they'll step their game up, but it actually has an opposite effect. People end up shutting down and performing worse. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: So the, a lot of guys are in relationships with frustrated, disappointed, and lonely wives. And a lot of those wives also don't know how to communicate their needs very well. So they end up shaming husbands for not being better husbands. And then the whole, the whole, the whole house of cards just starts to crumble. Yeah. So yeah, shame is, um, It's just such an ugly emotion. And, and that's why I love, you know, like even in in, in the black belt husband book, I'm very open about my, my own story, my own failures, my own inadequacies, my own, like, and just, just to preface, because what you said at the beginning of this is like how to become a black belt husband. Like there is no such thing as becoming a black belt husband. So the idea is that we're always in this like learner mindset. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And,
1: And like, even when it's like the, the trouble lies when you think, You've become a black belt husband. You know, it's like (laughs) so if you start having those thoughts, you are totally off course. You're in
0: big trouble.
1: You're in big trouble. So I'm forever a white belt. And I encourage all the guys I help to kind of stay in that posture of humility. And it just creates for so much better life.
0: Tell me how you began working with um. A professional man, he's married, probably has kids, but he's realizing, you know, I don't know how to do this. This was not modeled to me well. How do I even ask for help? Um, Maybe talk about like the perfect best case scenario for you with a client that's very motivated and driven to change. And I'm kind of curious the percentage of people that really want to do the work and then the percentage of people that you feel like you're dragging along the process. Or are all of your people, you know, they they've kind of jumped in with two feet and are, you know, ready to go. Talk about that for just a sec.
1: Hmm. I mean, I think you know this just as well as anybody, Stacy. That pain is really our best motivator. Mm-hmm. And and yeah. in a in a perfect world, you know, we would all be really motivated to make life changes without pain. But, you know, the way that God seems to have built and designed things is that we need to struggle in order to feel motivation to change. So you could look at it like from like relationships or physical health or financial health. Like we need to experience some kind of pain typically to change so it's kind of like that old cliche like we will only change when the the pain of staying the same is worse than the pain pain of of staying
0: the same is greater than the pain of change that's when we exactly absolutely
1: so most of the time my clients find me um and they're they're in the pain process you know so typically um the clients that I work with have experienced some kind of thing going on in their life where they realize that they have to change or they're, sure. they're interested in considering what the change process looks like. That's who I, that's who I work with. Now your question is a great question because it's like the, the bigger question is what about all the people out there that need to change that don't change or get dragged along to change And I would just say it's a, it's a, it's a total fruitless endeavor. So people need to experience change. And this is where like, from a relationship standpoint, and this isn't really a gender issue because this is, this applies to men and women. Um, You know, one of the things that I love to say, and I got this from uh, uh, Henry cloud, he says that, you know, relationship, all relationships are just a combination of what you create and what you tolerate. And so Good. we 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 have a tendency to tolerate a lot in relationships that we we shouldn't and it's not mm-hmm. in anybody's best interest to tolerate. Yeah. And so this is where the concept of boundaries comes into play and setting limits and doing things to activate change in a relationship that otherwise isn't going to happen unless somebody's willing to not tolerate something that's not working anymore.
0: And is that usually the wives of these husbands that reach out to you, Quentin, like they're not willing to tolerate this anymore. So there's a kind of a crisis happening.
1: When I'm working with people in a marriage context, it's typically women that initiate the process. Um, because typically women are looking for more in a relationship than men are so the, the the pain point is more acute for them the pain point is more heightened for them
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, which is great which is fine and I, I don't I think that's that then you're opening up there's so much to say about that Stacy because you're opening up a whole another conversation about expectations in relationship and are they do 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 women? Does the average wife in America have a healthy expectation of what she what could be expected in relationships? So there's a whole nother conversation to have about well, we that. Have but
0: that white horse that was going to come by? <laughs> With a that was going to put me up on that horse, and we were going to go off into the sunset, Quentin. What happened to that? That's what Disney told me, right?
1: I know. I know. <laughs> So it's really like it's a really you know the 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 best way to think about it I think is that it's it's like really two sides of the same coin. I think that most men, and I'm saying most, you know, it was like the average guy, you know, seventy five percent of men um, are 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 deficient in understanding how to meet emotional needs. They're very good yeah. at understanding how to meet practical needs, yeah. but there's a huge gap on how to connect emotionally. And the other side of that coin, I think is women's expectations of what is reasonable in a relationship are not healthy. In the sense that, you know, it's like my partner is going to be my knight in shining armor. That person's gonna meet all my emotional needs. I don't need to have emotional resources met in other relationships. And so it just creates, So you put those two things together and that's Mm -hmm. the average marriage in America. You put those two things together and then the whole thing collapses. And it's kind of like, no wonder, like the divorce rates are so high. Marital satisfaction rates are so low. Um, But me specifically, I, I, I'm only touching the, the husband side of those uh, dynamics. Typically I'm, I'm I'm only working with guys.
0: Sure. That's where you come
1: in. You're working with the women. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Yeah. And I am curious in in the men that you're working with, what does it look like to you when you're working with a man who you can tell that their wives are being very supportive of the process? Um, What kind of, you know, what kind of woman do they become as they see the their husbands change and grow in their work with you? Can you talk about that? Do they become more patient? Do they become more willing to have a different perspective of what's realistic and doable?
1: Am yeah. I making sense? Yeah. yeah, you're making so much sense. You're making so much sense. I, I, I love yeah. your question. I'm just, I'm thinking about it. So what I, what I love helping guys with is helping them realize how empowered they are to make all the changes that they want to make just by themselves this is like a beautiful thing to understand this idea that it doesn't take two to change a relationship i think that's one of the biggest um misunderstandings that we've communicated to people if if one person is extremely motivated and and i'll even say that this person has to be the guy i I don't think I don't think women and this is going to sound very gender biased but that's okay this is the way i think about it i think that men have all the power and control to completely influence the relationship in the way that they want it i don't think women have the same power in a relationship to be able to do that and so because of that if a man is in a relationship and it's not working well for him I'm going to tell him the whole thing is his responsibility because if he can make, no wonder
0: I like you so much.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Now all the, all the, all the wives are clapping, but, but all the men are like, I hate this guy because he doesn't know my relationship, but I do know your relationship. I promise. If you're listening to me and you're a guy, trust me, I know your relationship. And I can tell you that if you start showing up in the relationship in all the ways that you may not know how to right now, it'll completely change and transform your wife's interactions with you. All of her behavior, all of her her energy with you will completely change if you change the way that you're showing up. That's like my golden promise for people.
0: Nice.
1: And and we, but in order to do that, we have to. Um, we have to take this extreme ownership standpoint in the relationship. Like if it's like, if my wife is mean to me, I don't care. I'm just going to show up in the way that I know how that's going to influence her the best. If my wife uh, doesn't want to have sex with me, I don't care. I'm not going to complain about it. I'm just going to continue and keep showing up the way that I know how to show up. And then over time, because relationships are systems. And if you change one part of a system, the whole thing has to change. Just, and so if, if guys could adopt that, I'm going to take complete ownership of the relationship and no matter what my wife is doing, I don't even care what she does. I'm not even going to look at what she does. I'm just going to look at myself Mm -hmm. and I'm going to commit to, you know, doing this and doing that and showing up this way and showing up that way. 99 times out of a hundred, the whole thing will change. And so. But like I said, in order to do that, we have to have extreme ownership and we have to stop looking at someone else and we can only start looking at ourselves. It's like, well, why, you know, why, you know, my wife, you know, she didn't compliment me and she didn't validate me. It's like, who cares? Who cares? Don't worry about that. Just focus on yourself. How, how do you show up? Let's look at you because if I look at you, I'll find all the errors in your ways, you know, like something I say too
0: a man says, "I am the problem, and I'm going mm-hmm. to fix me." That it mm-hmm. changes the system between him and his wife. Is that what I'm it hearing?
1: Changes, it changes the whole thing. Yeah, okay. yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: How do you, Clinton? How do you mm-hmm. take a man? Um, I'm right now. I'm thinking of a of a male client that I had a few years ago who was in the military. I think 30 years. I recommended that he read a book called Permission to Feel. And he read the book and he came in and there's a chart in the beginning of that book and he pointed to the word hurt and he was so proud of himself, Quentin, that he could actually name any feeling because he shut all that down so many years ago. He didn't think he was capable of it. Can you talk about how you work with a man who really his perception is You know, what's the point of feeling? I don't really want to do all this feeling stuff. Where do you even begin? You know, because my perception of a lot of men and of course I was raised here in the South. But is that men feel like emotions are a liability, that they're not an asset. And I will many times tell fathers, you know, being emotional in your business may be a bad plan. Okay. But with your wife and your children, your emotional literacy is an asset. So I want to, I want you to talk about that for just a minute.
1: Yeah. Well, this is where it gets really complicated in the sense that, you know, we expect a lot out of guys. We expect guys to go to war and suppress all their emotions. We expect them to become firefighters and police officers, and we expect them to you know, get the gun in the middle of the night and, 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 and when there's an intruder and then we say, and then you got to turn all, you got to, you got to, you got to become almost a totally different person and you have to share all your feelings with me. So there is this like very difficult parallel process where we expect men in 2023 yeah. to still be the traditional male archetype thats that is like the king of of emotional suppression in order to function in a in mm-hmm. a traditional male role and mm-hmm. then we say okay well then come home and be soft and be gushy and cry with me and 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 all, and do all those things and so i i think just out of fairness to guys yeah. it's a yeah. it's a really high standard it's a really difficult path to walk Got it. It's okay. not it's not it's not impossible. It's not impossible, but it's very difficult. And I think we have very to
0: uh-huh. Yeah, I
1: think we just have to honor how we we ask guys to like live in this duality of roles without even knowing that we're asking them, but we're asking them. Right. Okay. And, and so I think it takes an honoring. Of the traditional male archetype, I think as a society, like we've done, a, like especially lately, we've done such a bad job in dishonoring the parts of traditional male that we love so much. You know, we've oh, wow. you know we've cr- we've created male privilege and toxic mac- masculinity and all these things where a lot of guys are very confused. They're like, well, you know, is it is it is it bad to to get the bad guy in the middle of the night? Do you want me to do that? Do you want me to kill the spider anymore? And it's like, well, you still want me to do those things, but because now I'm confused because I read this meme on Instagram that that was a bad thing. And then now you want me to share my feelings. So I don't know what, I don't really know what the right way to, to go is. And so I think the starting place for, for, for the, at least for the guys that I work with is really just, is really honoring that part of them. Like, yeah, like explicitly. Okay. Like, I love that about you more masculinity, not less. let's 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 double down on that part of you, okay. And so when you celebrate that part of somebody else and you don't shame them, it makes it so much easier to access the other parts. So you're like, oh, okay well, man, you're you're a badass, right? Look at you you you' you are an incredible male and the people in your life are so lucky that that you're involved because they are safe because of you and it's like now that we celebrate this side of you and we're giving you complete ownership to be that now let's look at these other parts of you let's begin mm. to kind of tap into some of these other parts of you so many guys listening to this right now are so resistant to the feelings concept and being emotionally attuned because they they they've been told through societal messaging or through family family of origin messaging that it can only be one or the other. And that to be soft is to be like a beta male. It's like, I don't want to be a beta male. I want to be a strong man. I want to, I want, I want to be respected amongst men and in order Uh to be respected amongst men, I have to be in that space. So we want to celebrate that space wildly. And then once we celebrate it, we can ask guys to tap into this other side of themselves. And, and what I have found uh that does that really well is doing like men's group stuff because when you're in a group of men and and you're in a group of really tough men you're like whoa that guy is really intimidating but then you see him say like yeah this thing that happened last week really scared me and yeah. i felt really overwhelmed it's like oh and then it's like oh i can say that because i never heard anybody say that it's like yeah you can mm-hmm. say that it's okay because you could still be a badass and still say that these things are not mutually exclusive.
0: I love that you're doing groups with men. That's amazing. I really like that. And I've sent folks to you. So thank you for that. Um, Can you maybe talk about, I'm in the right in the middle of your book. So, and I'm, I think the part that I, I really started to like glean on was this part of, Coaching a man to be able to stand and withstand what's happening in their marriage without avoiding, without going away. Can you talk about how easy that is for a man that's perceiving shame coming towards them and how easy it is for them to avoid and go away and how you're coaching them to know we're going to stand and be strong enough to hear and listen and listen with curiosity without, you know, kind of going down a shame spiral, if you will.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Well, it's another, it's a, it's a great, um, I think most guys, uh, struggle with that Stacy, because, um, well, there's, there's two big reasons why guys struggle with that. I think they grew up in probably a family of origin environment where conflict, let's just say conflict in general, wasn't role modeled in a healthy mm-hmm. way. So, whenever yeah. there's conflict in their relationship, it's like the, the central nervous system gets totally activated and they start freaking out and there's like, I'm out right. of here. I can't tolerate yeah. this. Yeah. So, you know, and this is where the, the a group becomes very powerful too. When you hear not just me as like the coach, but like when you hear other guys that are just kind of normal dudes that are like, Oh, like, yeah, you know, like my wife was freaking out and she even yelled at me and she called me all these curse words. And I just, I just, I just stood there and I just held her and they're like, oh. what you did that? <laughs> <That's> <laughs> you know? right. Cause I would have been in my car <laughs> on the freeway, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So okay. hearing that other guys can do that. And then, and then really it, it's, it's like, it's such a baby steps concept too. It's like, okay, your wife can be so mad at you, and you are going to remind yourself: this is where like having healthy thought processes becomes so important. It's like you're okay, you're okay, you're not in trouble. A lot, and and if you grew up in a family where you had some kind of like authoritarian mother for guys, there's like a reenactment thing that happens there, and it's like, ah, oh, it's like I, I I feel like you know the nine year old boy that's going to get scolded by mom, you know, again and. And it's like, oh, you know what? You know, so then th- there's a whole healing process involved in that, and helping guys overcome that. But yeah, it's such an important part because it goes back to the idea of like the extreme ownership. If 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 we want to save marriages, and we think marriages are important, it starts with the guy. It starts with the guy, and it and 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 it starts with the guy saying, "I'm going to make this thing work no matter what." And if you can get into that mindset part of being in that mindset says okay your wife is super pissed off at you mm-hmm. and even even if it's totally invalid and it's 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 all fabricated and she doesn't know what happened and it's all lies and she's making stuff up you're just going to hang out there you're going to hang mm-hmm. out there and you're going to you're going to see through the fog that she's scared that yeah. she's hurt that right. she's terrified and you're going to look at her like you would look at your little daughter if your little daughter was upset, you wouldn't, you wouldn't freak out and go in the garage and avoid her. You would say, Hey, come here, sit, yeah. come sit with me, come sit on my lap. I'm going to hold you. I'm going to remind you that I'm here and that you're safe. And it's like, and it's like, guys, your wife is that little girl. Mm-hmm. She is that little girl. She's not any different than that little daughter. And she, right. she needs you to hold her. And it's like, when guys can start to see like that connection it's like, she's not mad at you. She's scared. Can you look, can you conceptualize her as not being mad, but being scared? It's like, Mm -hmm. Oh, she's scared. Yeah. She's totally scared. Could you hug her? Like, what would you do if your daughter was scared? Oh, I would just tell her to come here. Well, then can you just tell your wife to come here? Can you hug her? Mm -hmm. Yeah, you could do that. So mm-hmm. helping them learn and understand emotions and understand like, okay, if somebody's angry, that's like a secondary response to something deeper that's like either fear or hurt or loneliness or sadness. A lot mm-hmm. of guys, n- 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 people listening to this, they haven't really been taught that. They don't really know. They just know like anger, bad getaway self-protection.
0: Right, right. right.
1: <laughs> I gotta, I gotta balance.
0: Can you paint a picture of a healthy marriage in 2023? Like, man has done his work with you, Quentin. He went from clueless to, okay, I get it now, and Mm -hmm. how that changes the dynamic and his marriage. And, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. talk about a success story that you've seen taking a man Mm -hmm. from. Mm -hmm. From I got, I got nothing to, Oh, okay. I get it now. And how that Mm -hmm. has affected marriage and his family for, for good.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, this is where like marriage therapy is not helpful. And we know this through statistics that traditional therapy working with couples is statistically going to lead to a divorce. We know Mm -hmm. that through research. Okay. So you know, behind, behind the scenes, couples therapy is known as divorce therapy. Okay. So right. if a couple comes to therapy and they want to do therapy as a couple, there's a good chance statistically, this isn't my opinion. This is through research. Statistically, yeah. they're going to, th- yep. there's going to be a divorce. Now you could say, well, there's a lot of reasons for that. You know, people come to therapy at the, at the 11th hour and there's already so much trauma and the relationship's over. And there's a lot mm-hmm. of reasons to explain that. Okay. But, what I think also is that I think therapists or coaches, whoever's doing marriage help. We yes. have to be massively directive, and we have to be okay being in a leadership role and offending people, okay? 100%. And this yeah, okay? and this and this is why most traditional therapy, working with couples isn't successful because it's a lot of validation and oh this is how you feel and this is how you feel if 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 somebody's in your office they need to be told your behavior is totally out of line and you have to change that and it's like that's not traditionally what we do in therapy right we do a lot of empathy we do a lot of great listening we do a lot of validating which is super important okay but when a marriage is in is in crisis we have to be willing to like go for the jugular, and yeah. and and as a guy, I think you know, truth be told, I'm not the smartest therapist out there. I'm not the I'm not the I'm not the best coach in the world. There's a lot of people that are better than me. The reason that I have been successful is because I am a strong man, and I'm willing to go toe to toe with any strong man that sits in front of me. And because I'm willing to do that and I'm not intimidated, it's like give me your most narcissistic. Alpha man that you can think of. And I would love to sit with him and challenge him. Most people don't want to do that. It feels too intimidating. They're like, oh, that's scary. I don't even want to touch that. So we have to be willing to do that if we want to be successful in really helping marriages. And so going back to the original question of being a success story, I think that most of the success, success stories that I have had have be have come. The, have come way of me looking that other guy in the eye and saying, you need to get your shit together. Yeah. And this is why you need to get your shit together. Right. And they can receive it from me in a way that I don't know that they could receive that from everybody. And I think that's why I have been successful. And that's what I know works for me. And I think you're kind of the same way.
0: I am Quentin. That's why we're tracking with each other. I get it yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah. So good. Okay. Huh. Oh, here's some things I'm hearing from you. Let's go back to the beginning. So instead of shame, honoring a man and, and what he's doing well and right, bring uh, creates margin and space for him to be teachable in the areas that he needs to grow in, but really the honoring part needs to come first. That's one 100%. thing. That I mean. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: Yeah. Two is that, in your opinion, the man has to lead the process of change without looking or pointing fingers to his wife, but taking full responsibility for changing the pattern. Yes.
1: Hundred percent.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. And then number three, I do want to hear of a success story from you. Like a man that you've worked with. I mean, obviously not using names, but a man that you've worked with that you've taken from A to Z, mm-hmm. you've graduated him from your coaching practice, and he's, you know, happy in his marriage and it's realistic mm-hmm. and it's practical mm-hmm. and he gets it. And mm-hmm. yeah. Can you go there for a second?
1: Yeah. I mean, there's so many, Stacey, to be, you know, to just to um, you know, there I would say, um, I guess the reason
0: I'm asking is because mm-hmm. whoever's listening, I want them to know that the mountain can be climbed. It's oh not a mountain not climbable. Because I think a lot of men are like, this mountain is too high. I don't know how to do this. I don't know if it's going to work. I don't know if I can trust this person. Mm-hmm. So I'm really just trying to build some hope in our listeners. Of This is a mountain that you can absolutely climb. It's not unclimbable. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. I'll, I'll use yeah. myself. I'll use myself okay it's like listen listen i i am i am the guy that shouldn't have made it okay mm. and 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 so so it's like I, I tell this to my clients all the time i'm like i i don't come from good relationship genes i come from a family of multiple divorces yeah. and all sorts of crazy trauma and alcoholism and drug addiction and I, I got divorced. I failed in my first marriage. And the only reason and, and so just so you know, today I'm very happily married. I've been I've been happily married for uh 15 years. Nice. Um two uh, two young kids. kids. Yes, depression. Um, my my wife and I have an amazing relationship.
0: Hmm.
1: And and if I can do that. Anybody can do that because like I come from, from the the story that shouldn't have, have figured it out. Right. Like statistically against all the odds, you know, I have this really thriving and healthy relationship. I have a great family. And so if anybody's listening to that, just know like you're in good company. If you feel like you can't do it, you're in good company because I felt like I couldn't do it. I didn't know the first thing. Like I said, when someone told me to go to therapy, I was like, what is that? Like, I literally didn't even know what it was. And they're <laughs> like, when you go and talk to somebody, I'm like, really? You do that? People right. do that? Like, <laughs> I didn't know. Like, I know that sounds crazy. i mean, super honest. So, so, so if I can do it, and, and, I, and I write about that a lot in my book, and I try, to, I try to take a very, like, humble posture in my book. And not because it's like this, it's not like false humility. It's like, literally, if I can do it, anybody could do it. And that's really, that's the message that I try to portray to, to, to all my clients. And, and I'm, I'm very open with my own failures. Like I don't have a perfect marriage. I fail all the time, you know, just mm-hmm. ask my wife and she'll tell you, I'm always failing, but I've learned how to recover. I've yeah. learned things about her. I've learned things about myself. And so there's, there's, there's so many hopeful solutions. It. And if, it, if, if I can do it, anybody can do it
0: quentin i have one more question for you
1: mm-hmm.
0: talk about the role of faith in your work
1: well i'm a i am a devout christian uh, my faith is the most important thing in my life mm-hmm. and um it comes through very subtly in all the things that i produce
0: Yeah. but
1: i also have such a heart for non-believers i have a, such a heart for the secular world, the people that are going to be really turned off by uh, Christianity and messages of faith. So, mm-hmm. the way I've kind of structured, the way I tried to structure things, is to be as open and inclusive to everybody as possible. Yeah. And um, it's like I am a coach who is a devout Christian. Mm -hmm. But I'm, but I'm not a Christian coach in the sense that I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to read the Bible with you unless you want me to, I'm not going to do that. But it's it's such a, to me, it's such a big part of my transformational journey that I can't exclude it. But, but if, if people are listening to this and they're like, no, that's not my thing. It doesn't matter. That's okay. You're, you're the values there, whether you're a faith person or not.
0: Right. Quentin, can you talk about how uh, someone could reach out to you, how to find your book, Black Belt Husband, um, sort of the work that you're doing now, uh, the kind of person that would be a good fit for you and um, your work at this point in your life?
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, you the know, best way to reach me is just my website, which is my name, quentinhafner.com. Um, the, the books on Amazon or audible, whatever you kind of prefer. And, um, yeah, I would just say the, the, I have, I have really two things happening, Stacy. just for your listeners to know. So like, I have a coaching practice where I, I work individually with people and those, the people that I work with individually are, you know, just kind of like they're high performing professional types that, uh, maybe they're doing really well, uh, in their, working world, but their personal life isn't doing so hot. So that's who that's who I coach on a one-on-one setting. And that if people are, if there's husbands out there looking specifically for how to level up and change their game, being a husband's, then go to blackbelthusband.com because that's my other business where I'm only working with husbands, which is kind of like two separate things.
0: Got it. Quentin, thank you for your time. And um, I appreciate your honesty and your blunt rawness. And I'm looking forward to listening to the rest of your book.
1: Awesome. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it.
0: Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Inspiring Families podcast. Please subscribe to our feed and share this with your family and friends.